0: This is the Gutsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. You guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my co-host Gina Warfel with me. Welcome, Gina. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about hormones and how women kind of just like lose their groove. Why is it that as we age, we We gain weight we lose our libido we just don't feel like ourselves like we kind of morph into what i feel like feels like a troll you know and it's like where where did my (laughs) like where did my excitement for life go like where where's my momentum like this is what a lot of women complain about and have issues with and when I did my poll on Instagram, this is what you guys wanted to, to talk about. So we're going to freestyle and go with it.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think, I I don't know about you, Johnny, but I think I've seen so many women who would come in and they're like, Oh, I just, I just need that healthy eating plan. You know, I just need like, if you could just give me a healthy eating plan, I'll be great. And then they keep talking and then, and then they're like, I just don't feel like myself anymore. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why I can't sleep at night. And I just like, I don't know where this like stubborn belly fat came from that I never had anymore. and, like, where the heck did my libido go, and what what is happening to me and, and you can just see it like building up, and they're yes. just like almost ready to cry, and I think that that's the most common thing that I think women in particular are like, "What the heck happened? Where did I lose this like juicy spark? Where did it go? Mm-hmm. And I think so often it comes back to hormones, and so I think that this will be something that resonates with so many people,
0: so many people us today, you know, and that's so true because. It does. You know, something happens, something shifts in our bodies. And I'm seeing it in younger and younger people where this is happening. I mean, even 20 year olds that are dealing with really severe health issues. And I'm curious, where do you think it starts? Like, where did things go wrong? Hmm.
1: Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think like as women, we have such delicate hormones that I think Mm -hmm. people experience those shifts at different times. I What I hear the most is a lot of women who are like, once I had kids, like nothing Mm -hmm. was the same, things shifted. I don't have kids yet, but I noticed that for me, like when I hit a peak time of stress in my life, Mm -hmm. that shifted so much of my body's physiology. And then all of a sudden I went from like, you know, feeling great in my body and like everything is working like it should to like when I hit that peak state of stress, it felt like my body was at war against me. Like it was so hard to like actually feel like I could stay in shape and to not have these crazy cravings and to be able to sleep well at night. And I actually lost my menstrual cycle for like a year. Wow. And my hormones were so wonky and all over the place and we could definitely talk about, you know, birth control. I was coming off of birth control. So that screwed up my hormones. But I think for me, it was like a a combination of trying to heal my body from birth control, being in so much stress. And I just like, I remember waking up in the morning being like, what is this body? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. even feel like myself anymore. I don't feel positive anymore. And I was actually using like caffeine and coffee to try to like get me into a good mood. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, trying to use that to boost my mood and give me that spark back. Cause I used to have like this excitement, this spark, this yeah. very different attitude towards life that I was really struggling. And I think the source of it was like, my hormones were all over the place. And now that my hormones are back on track, everything has changed. Every, you know? so, like you're a
0: different person, completely different. different. Person. Isn't it amazing? Like yeah. hormones are like, they're almost like our life force, and you used a word you used a word earlier as you were starting Are delicate hormones because they really are. They are so they're like really sensitive and they're really delicate and they need like this really sweet, like juicy environment in order to thrive. And when we don't have that sweet, juicy environment, like I always use the example of if a boat is sinking and you have all this stuff on the boat, you want the boat to sink slower. So you start throwing things off of the boat and you're throwing like the non-essentials, right? Well, when you're when your body boat is sinking, you're throwing off the non-essentials like hormones like you don't need hormones to survive so you so you throw them off right like your body is going to keep the things to keep you alive you don't need hormones to keep you alive like you can be alive and miserable you can be alive and tired Ah. you know so the body will like Mm -hmm. the hormones are like the first sacrificial lamb it's like oh we don't have resources for you anymore goodbye hormones we still need to send juices to like the heart and the brain and the gut you know?
1: (laughs) So I know. Well, that's why so many people are like, how do I get these hormones up? Like, what do I do to Mm -hmm. get these hormones back? And they're not looking at like, is their body in a survival stress? state?" Because if you're in survival, your body's not going to want to make hormones that support reproduction. Like if you're not in a safe place to where, let's say you would die, but because a baby is too much stress, like your body has to be healthy, healthy enough Mm -hmm. and safe enough to be able to carry a baby. Yeah. So if you're stressed and in a survival state, your, your body yeah. is going to just completely drop those juicy hormones that make you want to
0: reproduce. Right. Like you're talking about sympathetic. I, I taught a gut class yesterday and I spoke a lot about sympathetic dominance, how our bodies are in the sympathetic dominant state where we're in fight or flight all the time. And when you are in fight or flight all the time, your body doesn't know that you're stressed at work or you're stressed with children, your body and your brain is like, we're running from a bear. Let's run. It's not going to prioritize sexy time. It's not going to be like, Ooh, let's run from a bear and connect with our partner and make babies. It doesn't do that. You're either connecting with your partner, making babies, or you're running from a bear. And the majority of us, like our bodies feel like they're running from a bear all the time. And we're not, we're just sitting in front of a computer reading news articles and magazines about really sh- traumatic events around the globe and our bodies are like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. We're running from a bear
1: like that. And I think that that's a great point too, how you just said, and you're sitting there reading a news article, you know, reading all these things because there are so many women that I talk to who are like, Oh no, I- I'm actually really happy. I have a great family. I have a great mm-hmm. life. I have great friends. Like I actually have a really great life. I'm really happy. I don't think that you're talking about me. And when they look at just, okay, do you wake up in the morning? Have you gotten eight hours of sleep? If not, those stress hormones are going to be revved up. You know, are you checking your phone and emails? Are you getting the kids off to school? You know, thinking about those to do's Mm -hmm. heading off to work, even if you're doing other things, it's like, got to do this, got to do that, got to grab the groceries, got to plan things like that is triggering that fight or flight system. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we don't think that we're in that survival state, but then we measure the stress hormones and they're through the roof, even if you're happy, but you're Just really busy and have a demanding life. Right.
0: So, hormones need one of two things they need us to be in a parasympathetic state. That is the rest and digest state. Like that's super crucial that we are not overstressed. We're not overburdened. We don't have that feeling of like running from the bear all the time, but we also need nutrition too. And I want to share this because I was doing some training of my coaches this weekend and we're talking about like patterns to look for in our intake form. I ask, did you have menstrual irregularities, PMS as a teenager? And Mm -hmm. one of them asked, like, why do you ask that? And for me, if you started having hormonal issues, and these are issues, guys, like painful menses when you're 12, that's a problem, right? That tells me that your hormones are actually not in balance. So if you started having hormonal imbalances in your early teens, It means the foundation for your hormones was not set up properly. It's kind of think of it like a Jenga tower. You know, when a Jenga tower is really, really stable, it has all its blocks. There's very little holes, right? You haven't pulled out a lot of those Jenga pieces. Okay. Really stable. You blow on it. It's not going to blow over. It's solid. Well, if we're not eating the right nutrition, if we don't have the right stress, if we haven't created a firm Jenga tower foundation, and we have a lot of Jenga blocks that have been pulled out, that tower is super sensitive. It's going to blow over. It's going to, like, you just look at it and it starts to lean, right? Well, that like whole ish Jenga tower, that's PMS in your teens. That's menstrual irregularities. That, that right there nutritionally, is not a foundation that is going to withstand stress later on in life. Do you see what I did there? Because Yep. If we right? Like if we I got you then the Jenga analogy just is solid. (laughs) So you're you're picking up what I'm putting down. So if we have a very, very like very sensitive Jenga tower and then you have a baby in your twenties, that Jenga tower just completely Mm. collapsed, right?
1: And I, I also think a good thing too to note is that birth control, if it makes your symptoms go away, that doesn't mean it corrected your hormone problems. Yes. So a lot of people are like, no, I don't have hormone issues. Once they started birth control, it fixed everything. Oh
0: my gosh. And
1: it's a good thing to know that if you had hormonal issues and you took birth control, it masked the hormone problem and it, it masked it, you know, your symptoms, mm-hmm. but didn't actually fix
0: the problem. Do you want to go a little bit into birth control? Is there anything else you want to say that, or should we just have a separate podcast on birth control? because? Holy cow, birth control, you guys, not your yeah. friend. It's not your friend. Yeah. I don't want to be judgmental, but like if you have to be on birth control for something, there is something fundamentally wrong that needs to be seen to.
1: Or if you've been on birth control for a long time, or if you were on birth control for a long time, you just really may be the type of person who really needs some hormone support. Right. So if you started taking birth control to, to fix some, some of the symptoms, bad PMS, bad cramping. Um, If you did that to fix those symptoms, you actually might need more hormone support than someone who never did. Or if you got off of birth control, you actually might need extra, extra support for your thyroid, for your hormones. Mm -hmm. They might be really wonky. So we could, we'll probably need to go into birth control on its whole other thing, but it's a good thing to know that it can really mess up, mess up your hormones and you might need extra healing to be able to get back on track.
0: Exactly. So let's circle back to, because we keep saying hormones, which hormones are we talking about specifically, Gina, do you want to go into that and how they all kind of talk to each other, like all these organ systems?
1: Well, the main ones that I, that I'm thinking here is your, your sex hormones. Like we have your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, and those all, I I like to think of all these hormones as like a symphony. So like your estrogen, that's, what's gonna, that's, what's gonna drive you for reproduction. That's, what's gonna support, you know, being able to have sex, have a baby, that very juicy hormone there. Your testosterone is more like your metabolism. That's where we get our strength, our focus, attention, And your progesterone is like your calming hormone. That's like the nice soothing. That's like the motherly hormone. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the one that keeps you calm, keeps you from getting anxiety. It helps you sleep at night. And they're all like really important to stay in balance. And then there's also your thyroid. I like to think of that as being like your body's thermostat, like Mm -hmm. it's making sure that everything is like on track in harmony, right? So your metabolism is in harmony with your body, your digestion, you know, your circulation, your thinking, like everything is keep your body's keeping homeostasis, right? And then your cortisol, a lot of people have heard of that hormone. That's like the body's fight or flight hormone. So those are kind of like your, your main basic, I think hormones that all work together, that cortisol is responsible for your attention. So we always hear like high cortisol is really bad. Well, we want normal cortisol. We don't want it too high. We don't want it too low. We want it just right. It's like the Goldilocks. Mm -hmm. If it's too high, we get a lot of anxiety. We we're in that fight or flight state. Like you said, If it's too low, then we're very tired. We don't have enough focus. So we want like just the right amount and they're all working together.
0: Anything, any other things or thoughts that you, explanations you want to throw in there, Johnny? I always think of hormones as like the four legs of a chair and the fourth. So you mentioned thyroid, sex hormones, and like the adrenal, the cortisol. Um, My fourth one that I like to throw in there is blood sugar. So like the pancreatic hormones, right? Right. And so, because yeah, insulin, because the insulin and the glucagon, they, directly correlate and interact with like especially cortisol but also the the thyroid and sex hormones to some degree. And so when you have like these sugar spikes and these sugar dips and these sugar spikes and these sugar dips, it not only drives cortisol but it also increases inflammation and inflammation is very very antagonistic towards all of the other hormones. Remember how we said the, the hormones are sweet and gentle. Well, yeah. cord, well, these sugar spikes and dips do not make a sweet and gentle environment. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like you're creating this inflammation It's just burning up your hormones. And now we have these really unhealthy hormonal patterns and pathways happening and that are leading to the wrong ratios of hormones because all of these hormones, they have to be in these really beautiful synchronistic like ratios but if you upset the apple cart if you have a inflamed state if you have high cortisol these ratios are going to start shifting and changing and driving different disorders like inflammation weight gain certain cancers even so yeah. so we have to have the right environment and these hormones all contribute to that environment especially insulin and glucagon
1: and i think a lot of the issues that people are having that they're now accepting as like just a normal part of life but like if you're feeling this you know range of intense emotions and you're like why am I so weepy or why am I can't sleep at night or why do I have this stubborn weight loss it does not want to just budge you know a lot of these things are just signs that something is off and it can be a lot easier when you get them back in harmony.
0: Exactly, so what would be your step one? Let's say someone comes to you and they're they're weepy, they can't lose weight, <laughs> uh, they wanna lose weight, they have no sex drive, they're tired, tired but wired. Yep. What would be your number one thing for them to check off their, their box?
1: Well, a couple things that is one, you know, one thing that you and I always talk about is that so many people want, like, what is that one pill that, you know, what is that one herb or that thing that's going to like that? I heard that, you know, tree trees, what's going to bring up my progesterone and that'll fix everything. But like, let's talk about the foundations of hormone balance. Mm-hmm. So number one foundation of hormone balance, like you've got to be sleeping,
0: Right. Yes.
1: Hormones can't get in balance if you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. So, and and of course, it's kind of like chicken or the egg because you need enough hormones to be able to go to sleep. And then you need enough sleep to be able to, you know, properly keep your hormones in balance. But, but if you know that like you're cutting corners on your sleep, you're staying up late at night, you're not practicing, you know, good sleep habits, your cortisol is going to be revved up the next day and everything else is going to drop. And then the next step I like to take is how are you eating? Mm -hmm. Is your eating keeping your blood sugar stable, right? And so you were talking about like how blood sugar swings, how important that is and how that affects everything else. And so I really like to take a look at, are they keeping their blood sugar stable throughout the day? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the most common things that I see is, A lot of time, women are fasting Mm -hmm. for a long time, and it's putting their body in like too much of a stress state. And then when they eat, they eat like carbs, like a piece of fruit, yeah. And they're just spiking up their blood sugar. And it's not to say that nobody can eat a piece of fruit, but for some people who have these high stress hormones and they need blood sugar stability is a priority. Yeah. That might not actually be the best snack or the best way to go.
0: What would be a good snack? Like vegetables, healthy fats, proteins, like start with that in the morning, preferably. What is your opinion on women and fasting? Because I actually have, I have a bone to pick with the fasting community. And I've mentioned Mm -hmm. this a few times where fasting is taught to us a lot by men that work out a ton. And I, and I always complain and I'm like, they have one hormonal cycle and it repeats every single day. We have that same hormonal cycle and a sex hormonal cycle that makes us feel like crazy people. So we have two hormonal cycles implementing a fasting protocol can work for some women but not yeah. all of us. And so we have these men that are telling us, "Oh, you just need to beef up and like fast." And it's like, "No. Right. If you want discipline. your right, discipline, right? Like, no, 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 what no, drill you know sergeant. My body. <laughs> right, when you go through a menstrual cycle, then you can like lecture me on how to fast. But, you know, the, the thing is like a lot of us women like we can't do that because of these two different hormonal cycles that are different throughout the month. And so we're going to maybe certain times of the month, fasting feels great. And other times of the month fasting is going to tank you and you're going to feel terrible and you're going to run to chocolate cake. Right.
1: I think it's all about knowing yourself and and really not just taking what is the next latest and greatest trend, Mm -hmm. but knowing yourself, because for some people who are very resilient to stress and their hormones are in a good balance, maybe they can handle some fasting. But what I commonly see is women who are so frustrated that they just want to lose weight so bad and their stress hormones are so high and then they're fasting. And if you think it just Mm. makes sense. So Mm -hmm. fasting is another, think of like what would put you in a survival state? Well, not eating is something that caveman would be a survival state. So that's going to rev up our instincts to say, okay, we need Our stress hormone cortisol to be higher, and cortisol is responsible for putting sugar into your bloodstream Mm -hmm. and storing belly fat. Yes. So while fasting might work well for somebody who has really great hormone balance and their stress hormones aren't high, I think one of the most common things that I see. It's one of the first steps that I take when somebody is like, I have this stubborn belly fat and I've been fasting. What's mm-hmm. what's going on? Right. I check their stress hormones and I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. You have really high cortisol in the morning and you're fasting and a lot mm-hmm. of the time they're doing caffeine. And that's like dumping gasoline on a fire that you're just revving up your cortisol. Right. You're revving up your blood sugar. And then all those hormones like your thyroid that do allow you to lose weight are really dialed back. Because your body is like in the survival state. And when I have them shift their focus and do things to reassure their body that they're safe, we do a little bit of breakfast. They're constantly, you know, they're doing things that are actually reassuring that their body, that they're safe. Now the body shifts its physiology to actually lose weight because it's safe to do that.
0: Right. I love that. Yeah. Because it's safe to do that now. Another thing that people often don't realize is we think that it's calories in calories out, right? Right. Right, So so we're going to restrict calories, which actually puts you in a sympathetic dominant state again. So now you're stressed, which means cortisol is going up. You're hitting the gym. So you're adding more stress. And a lot of the time exercising should be like you stress. It should have like a hormesis effect. But when we are in this sympathetic dominant state, we're hitting the gym hard. We're just driving up that cortisol more and more and more. Our bodies don't feel safe. Now we're storing things. And really what we should be doing is like actually backing off and being lighter and like doing less things. So let let me go back to the calorie thing. So calories in, calories out. I'm just going to restrict my calories and I'm going to hit the gym. Okay, more stress because you're restricting calories, more stress because you're hitting the gym and now your body's pooped. But then when people start to count macros, they totally forget about micros. And this is really important, guys, because your micronutrients... These are so important and we get a bunch, a bunch of these micronutrients, these vitamins and these minerals from fruits and vegetables and certain like healthy oils and proteins, right? So these micronutrients give our body the fuel necessary to actually handle our hormones properly. Because our hormones, if you guys don't know this, I'm gonna teach you, your hormones have to go down certain like pathways, for them to turn from hormone A to hormone B to make you lose weight. And a lot of times it's a lot of pathways. So hormone A needs to go down pathway A, B, C, D, E, F, G to get to Z so that you can start utilizing your adipose tissue, your fat tissue as calories. How does it go down these pathways? It needs micronutrients, right? We need the vitamins. We need the minerals. We need these cofactors for our hormones to convert, to have these enzymes necessary for us to use our fat. So if you're restricting calories and you're counting the calories, you're counting your macros, but all your macros are like cookies and bread and butter, and there's no nutritional like density in there, you're gonna keep driving your weight up because you don't have the resources necessary to give your body the ability and the enzymes to break down your fat for calories. And, and so I think
1: that that's such a great point. And that low cholesterol fad phase oh gosh. created a lot of hormone issues for women. Because when you look at the process of making hormones, it
0: actually starts with cholesterol. cholesterol. Cholesterol is the backbone to sex hormones. You guys, did you know that? So everyone's like saturated fat is bad for you. You guys, well, no, it's like. Saturated fats are really good for you. You know, cholesterol is really great for you. We did a whole podcast episode last year about about fat and about cholesterol. Oh, big fat lies or something like that. I think we called it Mm, big fat lies. I like that. (laughs) That was Tristan's idea. He comes up with all the good ideas. Um, (laughs) That's great. And you guys like fat can stabilize blood sugar. It can keep you satiated for longer. It gives you nutrition needed for healthy hormones. And then same thing goes with like vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, specifically your hormones love cruciferous vegetables. Your sex hormones love it. And your liver loves the fiber from it. So it can help you detox estrogen. We're actually detoxing estrogen every day. So if we're not eating fiber to detoxify, because fiber, you guys, is necessary for the liver to like dump its toxins into the fiber so you can poop it out. If we're not eating high amounts of fiber, we're not detoxing the estrogens necessary. And then we're just storing it and we're recycling it. And now we're in this like estrogen dominance and now we're gaining weight and now our hormones are messed up and now we have inflammation and now we're driving, you know, estrogen dominant cancers. So you guys, can you see how important it is to, to get rid of this idea that a calorie is just a calorie is just a calorie. No, it's not about the macros anymore. It's actually, it's really about the micronutrients. It's about the micronutrients, like driving healthy hormone ratios and helping your body detoxify those hormones that it doesn't need anymore. Do you have anything else to say about that, Gina? I think that that is spot on. Amazing. What else, if people are having an issue losing weight, gaining energy, what else would you recommend?
1: Well, I think that the number one place that you really need to start is by looking at those stress hormones. And so maybe we should talk a little bit about the HPA axis. Let's and do it. Talk about how that influences everything else. Okay. So we we had somebody on Instagram's like, talk about the HPA axis and that distinction. <laughs>
0: uh, Will you explain to people what HPA actually stands for?
1: Yeah. It's our whole system, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal. And sometimes, I, I don't know if you've heard some people throw in the the HPA, TG, the thyroid gonad. And that just kind of pulls it all together. All of those hormone systems and how, how everything's tied together. But the H is the hypothalamus. And that's the brain. And so this is, that's up in the brain. Yeah. Right?
0: As, right. as so you talk, should... I'm going to start like, like simplifying it because a lot of like, these are a lot of buzzwords that you're using right now. So the hypothalamus is brain, like the Perfect. control center. Keep going.
1: Yeah. So now think of right. So think of up in the brain, that's where we're first starting. And so this is really important because everybody's like, oh my gosh, cortisol, the adrenals, the adrenals, the adrenals. But like what's actually upstream from that, that's the most important is the hypothalamus. So your hypothalamus is like taking in this information and it's like scanning, you know, surveilling where is there an alarm for our body's security system? And so maybe like all of a sudden, you know, somebody upset you and your hypothalamus gets this information. And then that's going to send a signal to your pituitary gland and then your pituitary, which is in your brain too. (laughs) Right. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we're still in the brain and then the pituitary sends a signal all the way down to your adrenals, which are, they're kind of like the size of dice. They're like two little things that sit right above the kidneys So it starts up in the brain with the hypothalamus to the pituitary and then down to the adrenals. And by the time your adrenals get that signal, their job is to release that stress hormone cortisol. And when that happens, your body's entire physiology shifts. So you shift from like this calm, you're happy, you know, you have willpower, you've got a good digestion going, you go from good metabolism, your body is like in this really safe, thriving state. And then it shifts to what you're talking about, that sympathetic mode where your body shifts into survival mode. Now, all of a sudden, once cortisol is released, think about anything that puts you in like that survival state. So maybe your heart starts racing, blood pressure goes up, you really get like zoned in on what you're doing, but you don't really have really good, like clear thinking. You're just kind of like, you're down to like your basic functions for survival. mm mm-hmm. And so a lot of people notice that like their willpower goes down because the body is like, we need food for survival. So you're like craving sugar and carbs and, and your body is actually kicking out sugar into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting that I see is sometimes people go on a low carb diet Mm -hmm. and they still have high blood sugar because their cortisol is just dumping sugar into their bloodstream.
0: Mm -hmm. Can I talk about that as well? Yeah. When you're not sleeping well, you will have a higher cortisol level in the morning. So when you go yeah. to bed late, so how many of us go to bed late, right? Or we're studying up late or something like if you go to bed late, your cortisol is going to be a little bit elevated in the morning. Do that over months, potentially years. And that cortisol is going to keep hiking up, 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 up. Right. So I glad
1: that you said that because there's actually a research study where they deprive mice of sleep mm-hmm. and I can't remember how long it takes, but after a certain amount of time, they all get diabetes.
0: Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. That is really intense.
1: And that's interesting to look back at at the details of that research study, but you deprive them of sleep and they get diabetes.
0: But I'm not surprised at all by that actually, because yeah, yeah. because that's just Mm -hmm. the mechanism. The body is under immense amounts of stress. We don't recognize how much healing happens when we're sleeping. Like sleeping is so important. You guys, it resets everything. It brings inflammation down. Healing happens. I think something like 70 to 80% of your healing happens when you're sleeping. So oh, I bet. if we're not sleeping, we're not healing and repairing. If we're not healing and repairing, we have more inflammation down the line. If we have more inflammation, cortisol goes up and it's just this big vicious cycle where it's just this positive feedback loop of like badness. So oh, badness. badness. there's my very technical term for you. You get a positive feedback loop of badness. A bad-ness. You <laughs> so sleep. We're going to name the podcast that. That's positive feedback. The loop positive of feedback of badness. <laughs> so it was pretty good. Yeah, thanks. So you guys, we really need to like figure out how we can sleep, how we can like get our stress response down. Because if you're not sleeping, it's because you are in that sympathetic dominant state. I want to share something. So I was actually talking about weight loss on my stories. And I was saying, I asked people, how many of you have a hard time losing weight. And over like I think 1500 people voted and it was 80 let me let me get this right. It was 88% of people voted that they have a hard time losing weight. And then mm-hmm. further along in my stories, I asked how many of you eat eight servings of vegetables a day. Mm-hmm. It was 12%. Mm-hmm. It was the complete inverse. Isn't that amazing mm-hmm. that there yeah. was such a strong correlation between, and maybe it wasn't the exact same people voting the same way, but I just found those numbers really symbolic and fascinating that 88% of people are having a hard time getting eight servings of fruits and vegetables or eight servings of vegetables a day into their diet. And vegetables are so, so crucial for having healthy hormone function, healthy brain function, you know, when we are in a stress response, like we actually need these antioxidants to help us do the damage control while we're in the stress response. And so stress management, sleep, like getting the vegetables in, it really does make a difference. And a lot of people think like eight servings of vegetables, oh my gosh, that's so daunting. No, that's about a serving is about half a cup. So we're looking Mm -hmm. at like four cups of veggies. You can do half of that in a green smoothie a day. Like, that's it. That's easy. And then you can do the other half at dinner. And then you Mm -hmm. can, like, maybe snack on some, like, carrots and cucumbers and celery throughout the day. Like, it's really, it's actually really simple. And if you're going to just make one change, I always tell people this just do one green smoothie a day. That's it. You know, and maybe that green smoothie will turn into green smoothie and vegetable snacks. And maybe that green smoothie and the veggie snacks will turn into green smoothie veggie snacks and some grilled veggies for dinner on the side mm-hmm.
1: you know are so, you gonna do just a, a green smoothie class like just 101 oh in I membership? should oh I my gosh that's such a yeah. good idea like where I'm
0: just green like smoothie 101 oh you, a lot of people are like okay I hear about this green smoothie thing but how do I do it right right you know, that should be its own class there's actually like a handout in the part a membership of like things to add to your green smoothie but I think a video and a demonstration is actually a really great idea yeah. and I actually posted in my IGTV Like why some people actually react really badly to green smoothies. Well, it's because Mm. of digestion issues, oxalates, you know, so yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to add that to the membership. Thank you.
1: So what's your, when people do have sensitivities or, or issues to it, do you have an alternative for them or is it just, it's not for you?
0: So what I normally tell them to do is steam their greens and start with mm. one green at a time because spinach, super high oxalates, right? And right, some people react right. really bad to oxalates. Some people just don't do well with them. So steam some kale and throw it in steam, some char, even though chard's yeah. pretty high, throw it in, like steam the greens first and do more fruits than greens for now. And then as your body adapts and gets used to like digesting that fiber, then you can change the ratio. So let's say your ratio was like 40% greens, 60% fruits. Well, then we can change it to 50 and 50, and then we can change it over time to 60% greens, 40% fruit. And when, you know, because we have to have a digestive tract that has been primed and trained to digest these foods you can't just like do it overnight and so when we when we start priming and training the gi tract and your microbial uh, species whatever like whatever microbes you have down there that help you break down fiber if once you start training them and feeding them and growing them then you can give them more and more and more and more and more So it just takes some training and time and And patience. I
1: I also love that you said how, how it's going to feed those microbes because I think a lot of people underestimate how important a healthy gut is to have Mm -hmm. hormone balance.
0: Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, and here's the thing too is we know that the microbiome actually communicates with hormones. We know that Mm -hmm. we don't have a ton of literature on the exact mechanism as to how, but we know when you have a healthy microbial balance, it will directly correlate to healthy hormonal balances too and
1: with a thyroid too so a lot of our thyroid hormones yes. you know we have that this T4 right so our thyroid makes that thyroid hormone T4 and it's mm-hmm. got to get to that active form T3 T3. And a lot of that actually happens in the gut In and the gut don't realize that they need mm-hmm. a healthy gut to be able to tra- biotransform the T4 to the T3. Exactly. And, then, and what blocks that transformation is our stress hormone cortisol. Oh, I didn't so, know that. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My so gosh. cortisol can block that conversion
0: of T4 to T3. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know what else, uh, cortisol blocks, it blocks a pathway for serotonin and dopamine. So mm. they they go, they actually use the same pathway. So if the pathway is being consumed by cortisol. I didn't know that. Yes. Interesting. I learned this from Dr. Ann Barter in one of our other podcast episodes. So she says, so if that pathway is being used by cortisol, you are not utilizing serotonin and dopamine, which are your motivational hormones and your happy hormones. That makes sense. Isn't that amazing? Cortisol's not our friend when it's in excess, you guys. It's not. Right. So it's
1: kind of that one thing that that affects everything.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. It right. Mm-hmm. So what else? What else do you think we should have people really be mindful of when it comes to their mm-hmm. hormone health?
1: So kind of circling back around to where we started, I think that if you don't, if your hormones are all over the place and you don't know where to start, number one is taking an honest look at like your stress and right. because that stress hormone cortisol, think of that as like we said, your emergency mm-hmm. where that's like your body's emergency hormone. So right. if, if you're stressed, that's going to take priority and all your other hormones are going to drop. Right. So instead of trying to correct all the other ones, you know, progesterone and, and estrogen and, and testosterone and your thyroid hormones, those a lot of the time will naturally come back up when you normalize cortisol. So mm-hmm. I think that that's a really great place to start yeah. is, looking at your stress hormones, because if those are high, it's so hard to get everything else back in balance.
0: I was going to talk about exercising because I know mm. earlier I spoke about exercising, but finish what you're going to say and then let's transition back to exercising.
1: Well, I was just going to say that some of the other key things are, there's some key things to like a hormone hormone a diet that is really good for hormones. And and one of the things that you touched on uh, was getting in those fibers, getting in good veggies, things for a healthy gut. And I think one thing that really people underestimate that is so powerful that I love is the cruciferous
0: veggies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cruciferous
1: cruciferous veggies, those compounds that they have in there are so helpful for detoxing hormones properly and keeping them in balance.
0: A hundred percent. I do want to talk about exercise, though, because I know we said don't over exercise, but there is a difference between like cardio and weightlifting because cardio, you guys, is actually really, really hard on the body that is already stressed. So if you find that you are exercising and you're getting more tired and your recovery time is getting like longer and longer and longer, you're probably stressing out your adrenals. You're probably upping that cortisol and creating more inflammation. So what I want to recommend to people is actually doing more weight training, you know, and again, don't like push it too hard. Don't push it too soft, but like weight training, which doesn't require that intense cardio output can be just as effective, if not more so down the line. And exercising is really important to actually help with blood sugar metabolism. Remember how we said the blood sugar Mm -hmm. ups and downs exercising can help like just level that out even more and help control that a little bit better. And I actually did this when I had Graves disease. You guys Graves' disease is hyperthyroidism to the nth degree. Like you are so revved up, like you don't know what's happening. And I felt like I was going to have a heart attack like almost every day. But what I would do is I take these really light weights and I would just do some like bicep curls and I would do like very few squats because I almost had to burn off that cortisol, right? Gina, do you know what is happening on like a molecular level when people are exercising and like burning off cortisol, burning off that stress. Like, do you know how to explain that to people? No, no, okay, no, I don't either. <laughs> On a but uh, level, I don't think I do. I don't either. I'm like mechanism, mechanism, searching, Mec- through files, searching through the files, files. <laughs> no, I just know things coming up. <laughs> like, but when you are exercising, it is helping to level down that that immense amount of cortisol spikes, right? So, right. but again, doing it within reason. Too much exercise spikes cortisol. Yes. Too little exercise doesn't do anything. Right amount, it'll help bring that cortisol down. Because I found the data where I was exercising when I just felt like I was so amped up and so revved up, just doing a little bit of exercising just helped me to burn off that cortisol, really Mm -hmm. like level out my mood, level out my symptoms. When I tried to run on Graves' disease, I would get sick Mm -hmm. the next day and strep throat almost every single time. And it was literally like a quarter mile. That was it. Yep. I would run a quarter mile, come back. I thought I was dying. And the next day I'd wake up with strep throat. And that happened to me three times. And disclaimer, I've actually never had strep throat until I got Graves' disease. Never well, in my I, entire life. I
1: think that I also, this is something that's so common that I see people who are trying to lose weight. Their stress hormones are high and they're doing like an hour on the treadmill or, yeah. you know, where there's a lot of people who are training for these long races, like a half marathon or a marathon. And they're like,
0: I didn't lose a pound. Right. 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 In fact, you're probably setting yourself up for bigger failure down the line where you're actually going to gain weight because you are overstressing your body and your joints and your hormones.
1: And that's where it's easy to underestimate the power of like Pilates and yoga where we're yes. moving our body and we are still building muscle and we're burning calories and mm-hmm. we're doing things, but we're not stressing out our body so much. Our body's actually safe to lose weight. And yeah. so there there can be a time and a place for cardio, but from a hormone balance perspective, keeping it short and really doing things like the yoga, the Pilates, the strength training might be a lot better.
0: And and just for this time, remember it's not forever. You guys, times and seasons for everything. One last thing I want to add before we kind of wrap this up is how you go about your healing process, because a lot of people feel really like they feel super abandoned by their bodies and betrayed when these kinds of things happen. And I, and I was talking with a client today about like her body breaking down in her while she was running. Right? She mentioned she's like, I just felt so betrayed, and I was so angry at my body. And I said, maybe your body was just calling for connection because ah. you were being so militant about I have to run ten miles. Da 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 da. Yeah. And your body was saying, actually, I don't like running ten miles. Can we just? not drill 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 and blast the music and can we just like connect again like can we come back into balance can you stop beating me into submission you guys oftentimes when our bodies have broken down on us it's not because they don't love you it's because you're not listening to them and the truth of the matter is this like we haven't been listening for a really long time yeah, that is a hard pill to swallow. And I'm not yeah, talking like a, months. I'm talking years, decades even. Yeah, where we just stopped listening to our bodies and the language that they and the words that they've been trying to tell us through symptoms. They Like our bodies want to connect with us. They want to work for us and we don't appreciate them. And then we say, Hey, you need to do more. You need to do more. Like that's a really unhealthy relationship. So when they do start to break down, just recognize it's a call for connection and healing and not not punishment.
1: Yeah. It's like the, it's like your hormones are like the language of your body, like telling you when something's off. And I think that that's a really great point that if you have a hormone imbalance, really check in and ask, like, have I been giving my body the TLC that it needs, or have I had to put Supermom hat on mm-hmm. and you know, save the world and save a family and do all the things that like my body hasn't been getting what it needs. So my hormones actually have to express it through all these symptoms just to get my attention that like we need some self-care.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. And that's that's really the truth of this all. You guys, we're stressed, we're not sleeping, our hormones are imbalanced because we haven't been taking care of ourselves.
1: Yeah, and I think that so many people come with such frustration and anger and sometimes hate for, you know, fat that's on their belly. And they're like, I am so angry and I hate my body. And a really great way to look at it is like, what is your body trying to protect you from? Right. Where are you stressed or why are you holding on to fat for protection? What do you Mm -hmm. need to protect your body from? And then we give our bodies the love and the safety. Then it feels safe to actually release some of that weight.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. I think
1: one last thing before we do wrap up that mm-hmm. I think that we can't talk about hormones without at least just mentioning this could be a podcast for another day, but just to keep in mind how important your environment is and
0: endocrine disruptors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like chemicals, toxins, cleaners. Like the biggest ones, you guys, are what would you say? Cleaning products. Plastic. Plastics. FDA, like you know, the beauty products. Plastics hair products, those are all like, they are xenoestrogens. And so they mimic hormone, they disrupt hormone, they hurt your liver. Your liver is so important, you guys, especially when it comes to hormones. Like all the hormones have to actually go through the liver and get biosynthesized in order to be like happy hormones. If you are bombarding your body with toxins and chemicals and all that like there's going to be hormonal disruption there's going to be liver dysfunction and that's just a double whammy for not happy hormones so that is definitely a topic that could stand alone really and unfortunately we do live in a world where we just have so much chemical bombardment that it's it's overwhelming even from like food to clothes to water to Beauty products, cleaning products. So um, you guys, I hope this was this was helpful. Let's recap stress management, <laughs> right? Sleeping.
1: Stress management, sleep.
0: <laughs> stress management, sleep. Eating eight servings of vegetables a day and fruits, right? Getting healthy fats, mm-hmm. like those saturated fats, because cholesterol is the backbone to hormone. You know, eating healthy proteins, exercising right, not over-exercising, right? being really conscientious of your micronutrients not your macronutrients all right loving yourself back into healing connecting with your body recognizing that this is not your body punishing you it's your body calling you back and trying to heal with you it's never been against you and then last but not least like the endocrine disruptors, all the chemicals, get them gone. Don't even give them to your neighbor. And here's the thing too, like with those, like you don't even have to like throw them out and restart, like use them up and then replace them with cleaner stuff. And oftentimes the cleaner stuff's actually cheaper. So so anyways, you guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully this was helpful. Oh, Gina, you are teaching if, okay, for all the listeners who are listening the day this podcast comes out, (laughs) Gina, do you want to tell them about the free class that you're teaching Wednesday?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to dive into all about the adrenals. So if you are like, okay, I want to, I want to find that place to start for my hormone balance. I want to start with balancing out my cortisol, my adrenals. We're going to just get to know your adrenals really well, how they change your body, knowing what does dysfunction look like. Um, so we're going to do like a real, real good class so that you're comfortable with your adrenals and your cortisol.
0: Exactly. And that's going to be April 21st, 6 PM mountain mountain. Uh, daylight savings time. And the link for that will be gutsy.ch forward slash classes. So this week I taught on gut and we had like almost a 100 of you watching. So uh, it was really awesome. It was such good energy. We're super excited to see you guys on Wednesday. So when this releases tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain uh, Daylight Savings Time, come and learn about your adrenals, you guys. Lots of people don't even know they exist. And we really should know about them because they're super important, even though they are really tiny, the size of dice, like you said. You guys, thank you so much. Also, you guys, if you want to dive really deep into hormones and let's say you've got like the stress down and you've you've got the mindset down and and all of that. And there's just a disconnect and you need a little bit more help, help with detoxification, help with repairing your liver, help with like because you're in like massive adrenal fatigue You need help bringing your adrenals back to life to help with all the other hormones. Like Gina and I have put together in the Gutsy Health membership, this incredible, like these units where we deep dive into the dysfunctions and we give you tools to help you. And those are tools for like supplements and foods and lifestyle things. Like we help you become the expert in all of these sections. So if you go back to the the order of healing roadmap, you'll learn about gut and how that relates to everything, liver and how that relates to everything, adrenals, hormones. Right, Gina? Like Gina, you guys is such a genius and she's helping me put these classes together. So what else do you want to say about that?
1: Yeah, I think we're just gonna do a real deep dive. If you want more help knowing like, okay, how do I eat for this hormone balance? Give me more resources, give me the tools, the, the walkthrough step-by-step. Right. If this made sense to you, but you really actually want the step-by-step walkthrough, that's what we're creating this for.
0: Exactly. And that's going to also include like herbs that are helpful, certain herbs, mm-hmm. certain like supplements that can help you like just expedite your healing process. Yep. Right now, you guys to sign up for the Gutsy Health membership, just go to gutsy.ch forward slash membership. And Oh my gosh. Like it's such a screaming deal because not only do you get the membership, but you get the meal planners, you get exclusive discounts every month. Each member is emailed a discount code to Provo health and to honestly essential. So you get 10% off of everything all the time. Plus we do these like bonus pop-up discounts that are like 15%, 20% Um, So you're saving tons of money on supplements. You're getting the meal planners. Like I said, there are even specific meal plans in there. So if you are like yesterday, we were on a zoom call and someone said, Oh, histamine intolerance. And I said, actually, there's a histamine menu plan. If you are in the membership, download the histamine menu plan. There's three weeks of it. So there's just so many tools to help you help yourself. So you don't have to spend hours and hours and months and months and like thousands of dollars trying to figure it out on your own. Like you're literally, we got, guide- you. we got you, we got the tools, we got the classes. We have the zoom classes, the zoom calls, the question and answers there where you talk with myself and Gina and you come and bring your questions. Like we're here to help you become your best expert in your body. If you want more, you want to deep dive, you want to become the expert, join the membership. It's gutsy.ch forward slash membership. That's it. You guys Bye. Bye.